everybody, welcome back to Noggin Notes. Thank you so much again for downloading our content. We love that people get reached by what we have to offer, and I'm excited to bring to you today Chris Kiala from South Africa. He's the host of Noggin Notes Africa, and I have not talked to him in a couple of years, and I was really excited for the conversation. It was very positive. I'm I, I know you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy listening to what's going on there and uh, maybe get a little peek and uh, an insight on what's going on around the world outside of the, these continental United States, or if you're not listening in the continental United States, maybe Alaska or Hawaii or any of the territories, or even if you're listening internationally, I think it'll be instructive and inspirational. Um, I've, I've grown to enjoy all of the members of the Noggin Notes team and uh, Chris is very high on that list because he's just an awesome human being doing amazing work um, in a totally different continent from where I live. So it's one of the magic uh, parts about you know being on the internet and having this luxury of technology that we do. I know we curse it for a lot of reasons, but uh, sometimes it can be a real blessing. So um, as we you know head into the holidays, um, I I think we both wish you all. Very uh, warm greetings with family and friends. We hope that you're staying uh, safe and acting responsibly and continuing to augment your knowledge. That was Noggin Notes' mission when we first started out. It was to educate and enrich your noggin, and I think we're we're accomplishing that mission. So uh, if you haven't checked out Zephyr Wellness, the company that I own here in northern Nevada, please do so, zephyrwellness.org. We have a YouTube channel that has a bunch of videos on it that I produce from time to time, gives you some more information. And also, if you're into it, get a free and anonymous mental health screening from wtta.org slash love. That's walkthetalkamerica.org slash love. And you can get a free and anonymous mental health screening. Check in on your own mental well-being. And if you get a score that you don't particularly like, maybe go get that taken care of with some professional help. Without further delay, this is my conversation with Chris Kiala from Noggin Notes Africa Podcast. Hey. Hey. Good to see you. Hey. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back. It's been a while. Yeah. Like a year and a half, I think. <laughs> I didn't actually go back and look. Did you Did you notice when the last time was we talked? It was it like August or something, maybe? Oof. Uh, of 20? All I know, it's, it was like pre-COVID, right? Um, was it really? It was. I, I don't even think we were speaking about COVID at the time. Maybe Everything was, was just... Oh, my gosh. Maybe it was so, 2019. Wow. It was. I think that's the last time we spoke, so to be honest. So two years. That's, that's wild. Uh, it well, is, yeah. How are you? <laughs> You're, you're hosting your own show. I was about now. to ask you the same. Like, yeah. what have you been up to? <laughs> you go. Uh, you you go haven't changed it. a bit. Like, what are, what, what's going on here? Um, I've been good. I've been great. Uh, it's been, it's been, it's been quite the ride, to be honest. Uh, a lot has changed since our last conversation. You go first, and then I'll go, and then uh, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking in terms of listening audience, right? What do they want to hear? You host a mm. show called Naga Notes Africa. I host the yeah. the OG on Noggin Notes. This show is going to be simulcast on both because uh, we don't like chewing our food twice. Um, so so we'll double dip. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, obviously, we want to talk about mental health and stuff. But we also want to catch up because, like, I feel like we kind of became friends, even though we haven't seen each other in two years and we've never Aww. actually visited. And you're like nine hours around the world from me, but uh, yeah. or eleven or whatever you are. 
Um, so catch us up. The last time I talked to you, you were doing some coaching with some youth, I think, and trying to establish something. But but let's bring us bring everybody up to speed on what Naga Notes is doing, what how you launched the podcast, how that's been going, like everything. Yeah. Um, let's start with uh, Naga Notes. So since our last conversation, um, the founder, as a as, uh, wider audience might not know, Fisa Rapinga, Uh, We met in high school and he had come out of this three day silent retreat and he reached out to me saying, Hey, look, uh, I was hoping you would be willing to host Noggy Notes Africa podcast. And I literally blinked and I said, yes. (laughs) And since then I've had the great privilege of speaking with amazing people from around the continent, around the world. Isn't it great? And just talking about mental health and them feeding me and feeding yep. the audience all yep. the insights, right? That is um, that is the best thing. It really is the best is. thing. I've learned so much. Yeah. In- indescribable yeah. amounts of information. I think about my life um, pre-Noggy Notes Africa podcast and I can't remember a thing. <laughs> but ever since I've immersed my Myself in these conversations, it's become it's become a part of me. It's it's something that needs to be done because I think we're doing a great service here uh, to those in need, uh, to those that are willing to lend us their ears for an hour or forty five minutes, however long the podcast might be. And you know, basically, just for anyone that might be listening or tuning in for the very first time and catching our conversation midway through, but appreciating what is being said in in all honesty, full vulnerability about where they currently find themselves in life and where they're hoping they could potentially be or where they already are and how they got there. I think those are some key lessons uh, I've really come to appreciate from hosting these podcasts. Tell me more about you, though. Like uh, 2019, we spoke. Uh, you're still the amazing guy I thought you were. I think even better, more amazing. Uh, what, what have you been up to? I uh, appreciate you saying that. Um, a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, so uh, a lot of it centers on work and my uh, volunteer endeavors. So 2019, uh, I, I had just completed three years on my licensing board. That was a very, very big deal in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Basically, single-handedly, I mean, I had help, but I single-handedly rewrote a bunch of laws for my state governing our profession. And that was very, very, very challenging in every way imaginable, yeah. uh, including professionally with some of my colleagues who didn't want to see some of these changes happen. That was that hurt. You know, so that was a big deal. So I, rather than re-up for another term on the board, you could do multiple terms if you wanted to. I, I, I just decided to end it there after three years. And then um, yeah. a couple months passed, and... Um, I got approached to run for elected office and I did that for a good solid four months before realizing it was just absolutely not at all what I wanted to do uh, for a whole bunch of reasons and, and quit. And all the money that I fundraised, I gave back to the people who donated, which apparently is not something that's common. Usually people just like give that to a, a 
a yeah, I think that is or common practice or something. Yeah, so so that was that was interesting and curious, and and because I'd spent a bunch of money already on things like photographs and websites and things like, I ended up losing. You know, we we emptied the savings account, my wife and I, to to pay everybody back. But I thought it was the right thing to do, and that in turn yeah. led to a series of other endeavors um, that have all been amazing and great. And I'm so much better off not being in the legislative body uh, here in, in Nevada. But alongside all this, uh, I think is the most remarkable thing that I've done so far, which is I joined up with an organization called Walk the Talk America. And Walk the Talk okay. America is trying to bridge the gap between firearms owners and mental health practitioners so that we can stop firearm suicides. Um, we yeah. don't want to restrict gun rights or do any legislative policy making, anything like that. What we want to do is educate people. And, uh, so I came in as the, the mental health guy of the guns and mental health stuff. And we have a podcast and it's been equally enjoyable as, as this one, a very powerful conversations from people from all, oh, again, all walks of life, all over the country, all demographic stripes. And, um, what we're doing is we're training clinicians in firearms culture, so that they can become more competent to work with uh, gun-owning individuals who come in for care and not scare them away with, with their ignorance. And then on the flip side of that coin, we're teaching gun owners not to be afraid of counseling because some of the rhetoric in our country from some of the gun groups is like, don't ever go to the doctor because they're going to steal your guns from you or something. So uh, we're trying to fight that. And along the way, one of the one of the biggest things that we've done is we've uh, put on the website, if you want to check this out, I mentioned it on my podcast frequently, is uh, WTTA.org slash love. The website is WTTA.org, Walk the Talk America. But if you go to WTTA.org slash love, and I'm wearing the wristband right here, it says take a free and anonymous mental health screening. And so what oh, we're doing wow. is opening this up, right? We're, we're making a normal conversation like, hey, get yourself checked. Yeah. Like get yourself checked so you're not avoiding care because of stigma, because you don't want to lose True. your gun rights, and then taking your own life because you have no path to outlet it. So check, yeah. check yourself out. And you know, it's one thing gun owners like it's, you know, anonymous and everybody likes free. So free and anonymous mental health screening. <laughs> and the cool thing is it's, it's open to the world. It's powered by a group called mental health America, which is a very large organization here in the U S. Um, so, uh, we, consequently I've been traveling all over the country, um, teaching, uh, all this stuff. Zephyr wellness, my company has grown, uh, in considerably. I just went through a partner buyout. So I'm now the sole owner and all the, the responsibilities. Wow, Jake. So, yeah, it's big. But Amazing. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Um, so a lot. A lot has gone on. The family is great. Yeah, the sounds like are, a lot. Kids are healthy. Wife is happy. Um, yeah. Life's good, man. So, yeah. But I want to hear more about what you're doing professionally, too, as well as, you know, personally. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, so that was a – thanks for, like, sharing. Like, that's really amazing. Um, it's good to hear how – you're growing, and at the same time, I think you're doing a lot more of what you love. It sounds like yeah. you're really finding a lot of direction and purpose. Yeah, yeah, which is really good. It's a good really way nice. of putting it. It's a good way of putting it. I do love it. I never yeah. no, nothing feels like work except for my log notes for the patient. The few patients I actually have, I hate doing log notes. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> chore that I have. Everything else is is actually quite. Uh, yeah. Um, so that, that's a good segue for me to kind of just chip in there. So. Uh, professionally, I'm still working with the African Leadership Academy, mm -hmm. um, where we're, we're growing our our brand, growing the network, unleashing the network, as we put it. Um, we're honing in on entrepreneurship and how to get very young entrepreneurs into entrepreneurship or 
at least instilling this entrepreneurial mindset, awesome. which is always exciting. Um, we've also gotten a corporate kind of side to it. So corporate partnerships where we're bringing in the real experts, uh, the big names and having them liaise and coach and train and mentor our students on best practices. Um, that's been going pretty well. It's always exciting. Uh, the hope is we can create uh, people that are able to employ Africans around the continent, right? So we want to approach the grand challenges by creating job makers, so people that make jobs, and as opposed to job seekers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the more jobs there are created, uh, the less kind of in terms of, you know, if, if we're looking at the big picture here, uh, eradication of poverty, yep. we're hoping that we can lower those numbers substantially. You're creating so, I mean, that's always been great. You're creating, um, you're creating sustainable wealth is what you're doing. That's it, yeah. You're driving that's, economy. That's, that's exactly that. Mm-hmm. Of that sustainable wealth um, and we're doing so gradually one step at a time and we're constantly learning and revising our models and practices uh, to suit the, the the occasions the situations that we find ourselves in with this new covid uh outbreak this new variant has just hit everyone we're all shocked like i was expecting family to come this december was going to be full of like the house was going to be full it's going to be full of joy, love from people that we haven't seen in ages. But it seems like COVID has still kept family at quite a distance. And yeah, um, I want I want to hear about that because you, you guys are you guys are like the um, I guess the the, the breadbasket of this newest variant because your scientists uh, discovered it, and um, they're. I've seen some stuff on Twitter. They're they're kind of taking the medical community there and the research community is really taking umbrage at the fact that this is being like almost blamed on South Africa. Mm. Um, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are really good at our jobs. And that's why we found this. <laughs> like, and so yeah. it's been interesting to see that back and forth, but I'm curious about the, uh, what's going on down there. Cause it, it's, it's new, right? It's only like a week old. We don't know much about yeah. it. Early returns seem to indicate that it's, um, more transmissible, but less, uh, virulent. It's not as as harmful as is that what we're seeing, but we, it's going to take a few weeks to figure that out. Um, yeah. But I'm curious now. You say family are, may not be able to gather. Is that because of local government restrictions, or is it because people are afraid of the new emergence, or both? Well, so once the news broke out, once scientists made their their findings public, uh, everyone, as you can imagine, was just kind of like the scramble to get the information out. Mm-hmm. What are, what are we going to do about this information? We have to be responsible citizens. The world is watching us. Yeah. And so they kind of, well, media has it, that a lot of news outlets have it, that the country acted prematurely by closing its borders and basically saying to the world that we have found this new variant. It mutates even more, like it's even more vicious than the previous variants. Uh, it has f- various ways of mutating that we still haven't fully understood. Mm. So that already leaves me with a question mark. If you didn't fully understand this new variant and the virus and how it mutates and how it adapts, why put it out there and scare people? Right, right, right. right? right that's that's right. the first thing uh, from my, my, my analysis. The second thing is, as soon as we made it public, the world started shutting South Africa out. Right. So basically saying, we don't want people from your country here anymore or you know, traveling to our country anymore. And I think that is also a very 
premature way of responding to any crisis in the world. Yeah. Um, you could have, as we speak, there are tens, thousands of Americans in Gauteng, the province where this new variant is concentrated. How do you expect to get these people home safely? Right. How are you enabling them to think about this, ver- this, this virus in a calm manner? How are you expecting them to share this information with their family that lives abroad? Like there was just a lot of loopholes um, around how they thought the information would be received. And the responses by the rest of the world have been shocking. It's amazing. For one, it's amazing. We, yeah, I mean, we, we screwed up the initial response. We screwed up the response to the response. And now we're screwing up the response <laughs> to the variants as they emerge. It's like, how, how many times do we have to learn this lesson? It's it's huge, and it's a it's a it's a huge hit on the country economically as well. You know, we, South Africa is a huge, huge tourism oriented nation. Um, there are amazing sites for you to come and visit here, um, the Cradle of Mankind, Table Mountain, just to name a few. Uh, and our neighboring countries also hold these amazing sites, right? Like Victoria Falls and so mm-hmm. forth. And by shutting South Africa out, what they've the unforeseen consequence here is that you're also shutting out these other countries that heavily depend on South Africa economically, trade, uh, be it human capital. And it just seems like having this burden hanging over our shoulders, that there's this variant that's preventing us from progressing. Um, even before we fully understood it, 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 has, it has hit the economy hard. The fuel price has gone up. Uh, the rent to dollar exchange has like dropped the, the the value of the rand isn't where it used to be and it's just scared a whole lot of investors right mm-hmm. um foreign direct investment is 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 what's needed right now because we've just come out of the pandemic well supposedly right this third wave we've just come out of it people are getting vaccinated they had a huge rollout vaccination plan which worked really well for a country which at first seemed like was not doing so well with the high rates of death per day and the high rates of infections as well. But we had seemed to be stable. We were just stabilizing. Um, and kudos to the health department, uh, the executive, the presidency, everything that they've done to ensure that they've kept this thing under control. But it seems like we're working backwards now, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. But COVID aside, some exciting stuff that happened while we weren't uh, in full communication, my friend, is the birth of our son. Oh, so uh, my wife and I, he's now 11 months years, uh, 11 months years, 11, <laughs> 11 months old. He ages uh, very he's quickly. He's about to turn one. Uh, and we're just excited. He's a, he's a December baby like myself. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, so we're going to be celebrating his birthday uh, in a few days. And we're just glad this new addition to the family that brings us joy. And when we look at him, uh, he is a COVID baby, so we do see COVID, but uh, uh, we see we see the good side of it, yeah. right? A healthy, strong, young man. Well, and hopefully, you know, if we're not living through somebody else's uh, uh, chapter in their textbook, you know, in the future, hopefully this isn't just, hopefully it doesn't turn into some decades-long uh, enduring battle where you know yeah, big yeah, pharma yeah. is just trying to sell us drugs uh, and shots. You know, hopefully it does go away in a couple of years. We can look back and go, man, he's actually a beautiful reminder of the good that can come from uh, 
unpleasantness in the world, right? You know, so absolutely, it's uh, absolutely that's great. That's great. So it's it's summertime there, right? Or it's verging on summer? Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, if we these days we don't really know what's going on. <laughs> it just keeps raining at a day to day basis. It's just rainy, rainy, rainy. Really? And one other thing that you might not know um, is we suffer from a lot of power cuts. Right? Uh, well, just most recently. Um, it's it's known as load shedding, but mm-hmm. I think the the powers that be are really really working hard at ensuring that um, those houses that go without power do get some form of electricity from the grid. Uh, I empathize with those that haven't had power. Uh, I hope that things do change um, because electricity is needed, man. Like everybody needs to function adequately uh, in order to be at their best and 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 be able to do things, and fulfill their dreams. Speaking of that, you've been doing these extensive videos on emotional learning, which right. is like exciting. I've, I've watched a few and I must say, just watching you already is exciting, but then hearing the content, oh, it's so valuable. Tell us, tell us more about that. How's that been for you? I love producing content and I, I wish oh, I could do it yes. more. Um, the, the buyout this year, was uh awful for lack of a better word and highly highly ridiculously expensive so for for about eight months it dragged on and um and that's because of refinancing uh property that that our business owns and you know when you go through the government the small business administration just things take forever and paperwork and banks and whatnot so i didn't have any a a, a lot of time to produce things I'm, i'm hoping that as we turn the corner in the calendar i can produce more of those types of things and more podcasts too there was a eight month hiatus in, uh, in Naga notes. Uh, so, uh, even, even guns and mental health, which is the other podcast that took a back seat. Um, so it, it was just, you know, kind of scrambling to, to stay on top of things, but I do want to produce content. I love producing content like videos, especially because they're, mm. you can listen to them in audio or you can li- watch the video and watch me, you know, diagram things on the whiteboard or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so they're versatile. Uh, you can close caption them for people who just want to read silently while they're on a plane or something. So I really enjoy that stuff. And the reason I enjoy it so much is because I fundamentally believe that my job as a mental health practitioner is not to simply do face-to-face psychotherapy and hit one person at a time. I want to help people on a population level. And what a gift uh, the internet is, uh, especially channels like YouTube and, um, and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I haven't dabbled into TikTok yet. It seems like a, a heavy lift, but, um, <laughs> it's also just weird to me, but, um, but it's, I, th- I see these things like I mean, for as much flack as they get for being, you know, toxic for, especially for children. And, and I a hundred percent agree. They are, don't put your kids on social media. Don't put a phone in their hands until you are ready to expose them to pornography. That's basically my rule of thumbs. Kids, parents come in and they're like, what, what age is okay for my kid to have a phone? I was like, as soon as you want them exposed to porn, that's, that's basically, <laughs> and it's no joke. Like, blunt, but yeah, it sends, it gets the message across. Um, and then there's all the, the addictive properties that go along with social media. Um, and yeah, even if you're yeah, not on yeah. social media and you're simply consuming content, uh, the content that you consume absolutely affects your psyche. It affects your psychological functioning. It affects your emotional well-being. So you have to be very mindful of the content you consume. And children just don't – they're not developed yet. The brains aren't developed yet to discern yeah. what is good from bad. And I'm not even talking about artificial versus real, which is a different – whole different bag yeah. of problems. Yeah, all together, yeah. Yeah, meta, this whole metaverse that's coming, I, I, it makes me want to throw up a little <laughs> bit. But um, – 
but the reason I do this, we, we, we'll, be, we'll be doing this virtually and so on some I, round table. I know, uh, I know, yeah. man. Yeah, we'll both be on a stage somewhere, and our laser projected image is going to be up there in three dimension. But um, the reason I do that stuff is because I know that it's so accessible. It's like, um, you know, our the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel, which has one guy on it. It's me, but Zephyr Wellness has a YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got a couple hundred subscribers, and it's it's small, but. I think about that and I think a couple hundred is more than I can fit in a most given auditoriums. You know what I mean? That's like, a lot. so that's a big reach. Now I can't even that's imagine huge. getting up into the thousands or tens of thousands yes. of millions. Congrats. Thanks. So the idea is that if I can teach people what I learned through graduate school and help them to apply this stuff in their own lives, it keeps them out of the office. Um, yeah. I, you know, we've got the U S uh, health powers that be just recently declared a mental health crisis. Like how many more crises do we need? But they, uh, they declared a mental health crisis in America. And, um, I don't even know really what that means or what the metrics are, but I sit there and I'm, I, I consider these things pretty frequently. And one thing that just popped into my head yesterday or the day before was maybe it was this morning. I don't even know. We've got this emergence of all these telehealth platforms, right? They're all corporate. I think they're grifting for money. I don't think they care about outcomes. I think they care about making cash. It's a, it's a quick hitter, get your psychotherapy through the, through the text app or whatever. And I think they're, they're, they're hmm, passing themselves off. Yeah. They're passing themselves off as like authentic psychotherapy. And a lot of times they do have licensed yeah. clinicians, but it's like 30 minutes at a time, or you get a couple text messages a week for a subscription. Yeah. It's like, that's not efficacious. Nobody studied that. We don't have research that says that it works, but here's my point. We've got this <laughs> proliferation of all this access and all these mental health awareness things. Well, you and I are part of it. And yet, mm. and yet still mental illness continues to increase. Suicides continue to increase. It's like, what's the problem here? And my, my theory yeah. I do have a hypothesis on this, and I think it's because we are talking about it so much. People are now self-diagnosing and over-pathologizing normal human mm. responses. So it's like, yes, I had this thing happen in my life, job loss, dog loss, uh, separation, whatever it is, heart heartbreak. I must yeah. therefore need therapy. It's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's problematic. When we're outsourcing stuff that could otherwise be solved ourselves or within our selves. I love that. I love right. that. Yeah. That's, that's what's creating this crisis. I think it's, it's creating the, the demand that we can't keep up with. So my whole point in creating these videos and doing podcasts is to get the information out so that people can be encouraged yes. to help themselves within their own communities, within their own families. And they don't necessarily have to level up to professional psychotherapy. I mean, it, sh it should be really hard to diagnose somebody with a mental illness because because it's very, it should be rare um, that you're so Absolutely. distraught. Yeah, that you it's can't a common it. thing that you just find everywhere. It, it is, and and now, uh, from what I've heard, again, I've I admitted my ignorance on TikTok, but I've heard that TikTok now is really infecting the youth, particularly the pre-adolescents and teens, who who are watching these videos that are just clap trap, um, uh, clickbait, uh, BS stuff. That's it's telling people. Yeah. Here's what you are if you have these symptoms. And it's like, oh, well, mm. what you are is problematic in and of itself because the language says that it's some permanent immutable characterological trait. So maybe you should say mm. what you have, not what you are. But then they go and spit out a diagnosis like that your dad's narcissistic and you have you, you are ADHD. Yeah. And it's like so these kids are now self-labeling. 
They think they have problems. They don't think they yeah. can be overcome without medication or psychotherapy. They yeah. look around. The parents are like, oh, my gosh, my kid is struggling because they say they're struggling. And why wouldn't we believe our kids? So we say, yeah. let's get them into a clinician. Well, the clinicians are hard to find because we're all overwhelmed with the same problem, which is people with low-lying normal run-of-the-mill just life distresses stuff issues yeah sick. like it's like <laughs> no man you don't have to go to the doctor just because you got a runny nose you don't have to go yeah. to the marriage and family therapist just because you got a bad grade on a test so um so that's why i do that that's I'm, I'm trying to do more of that now the more i can get out the better i think and um and we'll see where yeah that's good no and I, I i love your your perspective and it's so true um social media and how it's enabled people well, just, you know, media itself. I, I think of myself when you were talking. I'm just thinking of how sometimes you sit at home and you have this feeling in your knee, for example. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what's wrong with my knee? And then you get onto uh, some platform yes. that has uh, supposedly a doctor that's qualified. And, and you just kind of type in your issue. And then a few minutes later, you get an SMS back saying, hey, you could have this or you could have that. Right. I mean, that is just irresponsible self-diagnosing of something that could have just been like a, an itch for yep. instance yep right or, or and stepped off the curb wrong the more, yeah it's a slapstick example but driving it home here the more knowledge you have the more you can equip yourself with with like the tools to enable you to firstly think constructively about what's going on in your life accept certain things as opposed to immediate gratification looking for someone or looking for a person to tell you, oh, this is what you should do. Like, why or what has happened to society where we've 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 become more dependent on these things yeah, yeah. than than this thing right here? Like yeah. we don't use our brains anymore. Well the, the it, phone does the thinking for us. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think that you, you mentioned instant gratification. That's a big bugaboo for me. I, I don't like I don't yeah. like yeah. what has happened with the um the rapid acceleration of tools in our uh, grasp. And I, I mean, we could go sure. back to like probably the 1950s with the invention of like the television and then move up to the microwave and then maybe the V eight, the VHS player, you know, the VCR. And then, yeah. uh, then it really got fast in the late nineties and early two thousands, all the way to today with the advent of like the internet, um, Google searches, you know, I, I, you're probably old enough to remember going to the library and going to the card catalog to find something. Uh, we don't right? have to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Amazon delivers, you know, the next day around the world. You know, it's crazy. Um, then we got streaming videos. You don't even have to watch commercials anymore. It's, it, so all this is just what it's done is it's created something that Carl Jung called an introject. And the introject is just an unquestioned belief or assumption that forms your worldview. And mm. what it's done is these introjects have, cult, have, have cultured us to uh, lose our distress tolerance. And so when distress mm. comes, we don't know how to endure it. We don't necessarily even believe we can get to the other side. No, the yeah. world's not going to spin off its axis. Um, and so that's why emotional functioning is really important to me because emotional functioning to me is the, uh, is the building block of how you in interface with society, life, the world, environment. If you don't know what Absolutely. your brain is sending you the message to do, if you don't, if you can't discern excitement from fear, if you can't discern mm. shame from guilt, if you can't discern anger from contempt. Um, you're yeah. not going to know how to engage life. And moreover, you're not going to know that it's tolerable so that you can push through and get, get to the other side and, and have conquered something. And moreover, yeah. it's not just, yeah. it's not just a feel good story. Neurologically, 
the more often you do something, your brain learns, hey, I've been here, I've done this, I can do it again, regardless of the amplitude. So fear is fear is fear. A little tiny bit of fear is maybe apprehension about a test that you have to take, all the way up to great fear of like a global pandemic. But Mm. the fear remains the same. If you've conquered fear once, your brain goes, I've been here before, I was okay the first time, I could probably do it again, I just need to figure out how. Um, so that's why I'm big on the emotional functioning. Cause if, if we lose the ability to understand our emotional functioning, we lose the ability to engage with humans. We lose intimacy. We lose vulnerability. We lose ability to yeah. grow all sorts of things. So that's, that's why it's my, it's my bailiwick. That's why I think it's, it's important to understand that stuff. Um, and to get to, you know, the, the, the antidote, cause I'm not one to complain without a solution. I think the solution is yeah. de- turn off stimulus, like engage in real life. Okay. Go into nature, yeah. connect with your family and your friends, slow down. And then also, yeah. and Safiso is big on this, uh, and as am I, as, a, as are you, gratitude. Be really thankful. Absolutely. I think we've taken so many things for granted lately. That word puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Um, when we I take am. things for granted, we just we just lose appreciation. And then it becomes yeah, entitled, it's... and then we become demanding, and then we throw a fit when we don't get what we want, and <laughs> all sorts of things. Yeah. No, I... I'm trying to teach that to my daughter and it's, it's quite the process, but I think it's a lesson worth being taught. She's and hopefully four, she can sustain this. How old is she? She's turned five. Yeah. Five, yeah. Um, you know, just a simple thank you uh, for, for, for being, for being alive, right. for, for having clothes she can put on her back, um, for having a meal she can eat or the three meals that she eats every day. Um, but instilling this in such a way where, you know, it's an expectation, right? So right. just like in society, we've been programmed to just expect things. Mm-hmm. Way too many things are easily accessible. As you said, just take away all these things that are easily accessible and let's start engaging one another meaningfully. I mean, the world was built on mutual consensus before there was the telephone, before there was a television. Before there were emails that we could send to each other back and forth from across the world, people literally had to either sit down, consciously think about writing a letter, getting these words across that he intently wants that person to receive and act on, right? So there was a lot of thinking, a lot of, you know, the slowing down, uh, a lot of processing of information and you know, dissemination of this information to the next person so that they could do the right thing by that information that you're sharing with them. You know, I didn't even think about I the think, writing. That's that's a good point. It, it, just to interrupt real quick, like, I, I don't want to bl- gloss this over. They didn't have a backspace for a really long time, like a really long time. That's a very modern invention. The backspace on a typewriter even was like, I don't know, the 60s yeah. or 70s. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you had to be That's deliberate. Really you had to be deliberate in your words, otherwise you're wasting ink and paper. Absolutely. That's it, right? And to, that adds to the point. People had to be very economical. Like you had to be extremely strategic. Yeah. Um, you had clear intentions, and you needed to get those messages across. And the person that you're getting this message across to needed to immediately be able to place themselves, empathize with you, right? Place themselves in your state of mind and act upon whatever it is that you were sending them or asking of them. And typically you had a relationship with that person. It wasn't, it wasn't the world of Twitter where you can angry tweet something in 280 characters. Anyone, right? Right. And they don't even know who you are. So you can't even interpret what the tone is. 
Jake, these days, someone will send or post something that I just happened to come across on my phone. And and how does that affect me? Because I don't even know this person. Right. I, I have no clue uh, where they woke up, what their name is, uh, apart from the name that they're using, maybe uh, hashtag uh, the, the dash or who, yeah. who knows the person's yeah. name. And I'm immediately shaken or moved by what it is that this person had to say. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to forming a relationship, whatever happened to building credibility with people, whatever happened to integrity within our you know, relationship or this means of channel of communication that we fostered, there's, it's all been thrown out the window. These days, I can easily impact people just by shocking them with either an image or just by saying something that is way out of line uh, compared to what I am constantly used to have said or posts that I put up on the internet uh, at a regular basis. My point here is, it seems like life in the past was a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. It was a lot slower. Mm -hmm. We were able to meaningfully engage one another. And then we became eager to make all of that a lot easier, right? So I didn't want to have to get on my horse and ride for 10 days to, to go and deliver this message. Uh, I needed to get this message across a lot quicker so that this person could act on this urgency um, in, in a meaningful manner. But within that haste, we've kind of lost humanity, yeah. right? We've lost yeah. our sense of appreciation for one another. We've lost gratitude. We have. Right? It's just expected now. We, it's like, we, give it to me. It's I need it. It's mine. Uh, I'm taking it. And uh, I'm not going to replenish the sources that I'm grabbing and taking from. Which is absolutely wrong. Yeah, you you, right? you asked a, you asked a good question there, and I think it's worth at least um, endeavoring a, a half an explanation, which is whatever happened to these things, these relationships, and I think the answer to that is that technology outstripped our development, um, our, our evolutionary development. There's a there's a lady named Catherine Boskill, uh, B O U S K I L L. She works for Rand Corporation, or did, um, and she has a wonderful TED talk. Uh, she's a so- social anthropologist, I believe, and her TED talk is about how technology has—it's um, outpaced our neurological evolution to keep up with what's being fed to us. And I think what that's resulted in is our—we've distanced ourselves to hold all our relationships at a at a very um, like arm's length. And what that yeah. does is it protects us from uh, being hurt. If you allow somebody yeah. in and you're intimate with someone, intimacy requires vulnerability. Vulnerability requires risk. Risk of what? Pain. You know, because you could eventually get hurt if you if you allow someone in. So I think it's just it's more comfortable and it's easier to keep these relationships at arm's length. True, true. You, yeah. you can insulate yourself really well and, and um, not get hurt. However, you also don't experience much joy because the counterbalance to that is you don't experience the fullness and richness and depth of interpersonal relationships when most of your relationships, including occupation, like, you know, a lot of stuff's become disposable, including our jobs. Like, I don't like my job. I'm just going to quit. Um, it's, it's, it's resulted in a distancing from one another. And that's, that's not how we were designed. We're designed to live in tribes. And by, by tribes, I mean like dozens, not thousands, um, yeah. and have rich, meaningful, reliable relationships with other human beings so you know how did this happen whatever happened to it i think the answer is well we just got too much distraction going on and and it's just easier to to give this proxy 
experience to the brain that says, oh, you're having all these relationships with all these Twitter followers, but really you're not because as we just it's not really we happening. don't know them. We don't know them. Yeah. I mean, people out there, it's like we're, we're seeking perfection, right? It's, it's like I want this to be perfect. This has to look good. This has to be great. Um, this can't go wrong. But there's, there's this great TED Talk by uh, a, a lady called Brene Brown. Oh yeah, and she speaks about vulnerability, right? Like Mm -hmm. she's she's she her gestures are. Imagine you're wearing a jacket and you're opening it up. Mm -hmm. She wants vulnerability in an open sense. Mm -hmm. It's not about hiding your imperfections. It's about making your imperfections apparent, so people can see that you're just as simple as they are, right? We tend to do the opposite of that gesture, where we closing our jackets and we're not allowing people to see those imperfections and and that is a chase down a very dark rabbit hole full of you trying to be perfect and it's just not going to end well well, I think because it's an avoidance too. It's at the end of the day, the truth will come up. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's avoidance of of being attacked, and we all we see now on social media is attacks. Yeah. Right? It's so much easier to tear things down than it is to construct them. I mean, whatever you pick, right? It's easier <laughs> right. To, yeah. to destroy a it's garden a lot easier or a building. Or Let me just. So you know, yeah. it, it makes sense why we would want to close up, close off the jacket, because if all we see is attack, 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 it's like, well, I don't want to put myself in the line of fire. I don't want to be attacked. Mm. Um, so what happens when you stand on something? Well, you stand on something and then it opens it up to people who aren't comfortable with who they are to go tear it down. And yeah. if you're not really, really well-rooted in what it is you're standing on, it's hard to endure those attacks. So it makes sense. I mean, it's just it just hurts to watch it happen when so much pain and destruction yeah. are going on. That's true. Uh, and, you know, what? what really motivates me the most is – how I can instill just a little bit of change in a person that's younger than me. Yeah. So that they don't have to endure or go through those challenges as I do. Right. And in doing so, I think it's, it's one step in the right direction. Yeah. And we're hopefully teaching someone or enabling someone so that it'll be a ripple effect and they can go and enable the next person. And then they enable the next and the next it's kind of like with your videos, right? You got this reach, it's amazing, uh, Jake, and congratulations. You know, it's it's good to celebrate these wins and, you know, just putting it out there that that is great and keep on reaching the masses. Uh, and I'm hoping that each person that sees or gets a chance to just, you know, glaze some of your work as you're scribbling on those whiteboards uh, with the smiley faces and whatnot, um, they're able to let that resonate and they can share with the next person. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. And, and, and back at you too. I mean, it sounds like a nice little love fest that we're having here. Good little bromance, but, <laughs> but, it, but it's true though. And I, and I think I needed to hear that because a lot of times I get caught up in the comparison. It's like, well, our channel isn't as big as, or we're not reaching yeah. as many people as it's like, nah, just, just keep doing what you're doing. And, and eventually if it, it, truth stands on its own, it doesn't need defense and it, exactly. and it resonates and it penetrates people and eventually they yeah. figure it out. Right. So you don't have to, chase things just to be impressive in your own mind and you're doing the same thing so you know kudos to you for all the young men that you're touching and all the young women that you're you're connecting with and and the the lives that you're shaping and the entrepreneurial design that you're you're inviting by the way if you want to read a really 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 ridiculously good book um actually there's two same author hans rosling 
Um, he died a couple years back, but he wrote two exceptional books. One is called Factfulness, and it's okay. basically like the world isn't as bad as people want us to believe it is. In fact, it's way better now than it ever has been in, across time. Factfulness, Rosling is the last name, R-O-S-L-I-N-G. Um, and uh, the other one that he wrote is like a memoir, and it's called How I Learned to Understand the World. Uh, he is, he, uh, spent a great deal of time as a doctor in, um, in, uh, Mozambique and, um, oh, cool. and he, back in the early eighties and the stories that he tells are just jaw dropping, uh, very emotional, yeah. uh, but it gives, but it gives perspective, right. And it gives appreciation to all the wonderful things that we have. And you're creating that where you are. Uh, by, by, I love the way you said ripple effect too. That's one of my favorite phrases I, I got from uh, Christian Conti who uses it all the time. Um, you never know where the ripple ends and you, we're not, you and I are not going to be able to see the impact of our, our efforts, maybe ever, you know, and we have to be at peace knowing that that's okay and not trying to do it, you know, some comparison to some artificial metric about, you know, number of kids enrolled or, you know, number of subscribers yeah. on YouTube or whatever. So we just have to have confidence that what we're doing reaches people because it is good and true and authentic. And Absolutely. and we have to rest in that and we have to rest confidently in it, not not chase the, the glamour and the glitz and the clickbait and all that stuff. So, you know, yeah. you're doing the same thing. Good on you. I'm proud of you and I'm proud to be associated oh, with you. I love that. Deeply, deeply appreciated. Yeah, it's 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 grown on me. It's uh, it's a culture which we practice over here. Um, it's it's a great way of letting someone know without cutting their train of thought that look, I'm, I hear you. Uh, keep going. Yeah, keep sharing that. Maybe, maybe that, I'll that maybe I'll bring it to the knowledge. states. <laughs> I'll start yeah, snapping people. And people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was actually meant to come out there and visit, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Omicron. Uh, yeah, man, you're, yeah. you're, uh, you're running out of time. We got to end this. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I was just looking at my watch as well and I, I was try, trying to signal you, but I realized, yeah. let me just tell you, Hey, look, um, I'm actually still at work to be honest. And, uh, uh, it, it's just been, it's been fruitful, right? Uh, this, this journey of servitude and, you know, just reflecting it's, it's made me realize that there's a lot more to, to life than, the presumed let me go out there and, and just take and you know the capitalist mentality uh, i'm going to grab all in my reach and uh, i'm going to look down on others and say look at what i have yeah. uh, i've come to to appreciate the people i engage with uh, like yourself sfiso uh, uh money which uh he's doing amazing work out there in uh cambodia with his podcast i'm really excited uh, to talk to him i've never actually met him yeah we are going to be talking with him as well I think we're scheduled for tomorrow. Cool. But it, it all just, you know, when I lay, when I lay down uh, to rest at night, I'm content. I feel, I feel like we've made the world a better place. That's great. And, and I guess that gives me the energy to, uh, to awake the following day and, and keep pursuing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, God bless you, man. That's, um, I've really enjoyed this. Um, thank you. Let's make yeah, sure it doesn't thanks, take man. another two years before we do it again. Um, <laughs> you you want to throw some stuff out real quick? How can people reach you, or how do they get to the you know find out about the Leadership Academy? Uh, so, African Leadership, we have uh, they have a footprint around the continent and around the world. Um, I think 
the leaders speak for themselves. Um, but we're based in Johannesburg. I need you. Uh, you can find us online, AfricanLeadershipAcademy.org. Uh, but more on the podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, Nogi Notes Africa. You can also find us on Facebook. You know, we're actually looking for ways in which we can reach you. So if you're listening to this episode or watching it, do leave us a comment. Like, where do you frequent? Uh, what sites do you like to visit? And, and we'll potentially try and find means of, you know, meeting you where you are as opposed to you meeting us where, where we're at. And that way, um, we'll be able to drive our conversations right into your homes and hopefully uh, enable and change some mindsets out there. Outstanding. Uh, same, same for us. Uh, you know, uh, ZephyrWellness.org. If you want to find out about the organization, uh, I mentioned Walk the Talk America. It's WTTA.org for your anonymous mental health screening, and then uh, yeah. you know, Naga Notes. And um, man, this this has been good. I, it's so enriching. It has. It's it has. Encouraging. Thanks, thanks. Uh, great catching up after two years. <laughs> it is, yeah. And congratulations on your son. That's super exciting. He is, yeah. Bring really a, appreciate a little man into the world. That's Very awesome. Good. All yeah. right. Well, hey, on behalf of the, the Naga Notes family, uh, Zephyr Wellness family, uh, African Leadership Academy, and all those who make Earth better, uh, thanks, Chris, uh, for you know stopping by. And thanks for yeah. having me on yours. And um, we wish you all great mental wellness. Bye. Thanks. Uh, for me, the tribe shall unite under the African sun. Amen. Take care, man. Yeah.